Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 139. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I am Chris Byer. We're here each and every week to give you the latest and the greatest in the world of Apple, Mac, iPhones, iPads, iOS, anything and everything. We're here to answer your questions or just wax poetic about how awesome Apple is or how much they stink this week. It, it really just doesn't matter. We're it just here. Yeah, there's times where, you know, Cliff's all like, Apple, you know, and I'm like, go, go, Apple. And then there's times where I'm like all calling Apple on the mat, you know? Yeah. So it, even though I'm a huge fanboy, well, you know what? That's that's the weird thing because I was I was just I was actually this week calling your fanboyism into question. <laughs> All right. So and not not like personally, we weren't like talking about you personally, but with what you just said, I think you I, I think that you you eliminated yourself from the fanboy community. Yeah, probably. Because let me explain. Because I, I was I was had a client that was a consulting client this week and. And uh, they had one of those, um, uh, what's that thing called, that other operating system that everybody has? Um, Windows? Yes, Windows system. That's right. And I was explaining to them that I was a, a Mac snob. And uh, and they said, oh, no, not another fanboy. I said, no, 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 whoa, 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 don't, ah, I'm not a fanboy, I'm a Mac snob. All right, there's a difference. And Okay, so then she asks, so what's the difference? Okay. All right, the difference is that a Mac snob is somebody who just refuses to help somebody else who has a Windows-based computer. You know, it's like, dude, I'm sorry, you got yourself into, you bought a Windows system. Yeah. Go get a Mac. Go get a Mac, I'll help you. All right, and so will the rest of the Mac community. Uh, so that's a Mac snob, somebody who says, you know, Mac is superior, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there with that window stuff. And um, a, an Apple fanboy is somebody who is is you know, an Apple fanboy is a Mac snob, obviously, but an Apple fanboy is somebody where Apple can do no wrong. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, I got it. So it, it it's kind of like Steve Jobs says it, then it is it is it is the de facto answer for from that point forward. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. <clears throat> I guess I'm not a, an Apple fanboy like I was. Yeah. You know when 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 you when your paychecks have little Apple logos on them. Yeah. You, you might feel that way, but no. Here's the thing. Uh, my my fanboy or my rampant uh, love of it really really comes out, and it, it's just like you said when I'm. When I have to plump myself in front of a, a Windows XP machine, and it just feels like I am operating a computer through you know melted butterscotch, right? It's just <laughs> it, it is such a sluggy, uh, inefficient way of doing things, and it just I, I just look at it and I'm just like, how can people do this? Yeah, how can people live like you know not live like this, but how can people just use these computers? <laughs> And it's oh, it just See, annoys me to know it. Like like everybody at Emily's work is is on Windows XP. Yeah, and yeah, Windows XP is fine. It's like twelve years old. Um, I'm sorry, eleven. And uh, you know, I'm just using it, and it's like you know, like I said, one person had like six, you know, uh, 
what are those called? Uh, Internet Explorer search bar things. You know, they have like those, those oh, yeah, special yeah. things. It's just like, oh my gosh. And, you know, th- there's people who are computer enthusiasts who, you know, have a Windows machine, you know, XP, 7, Vista, what have you, that run just fine, you know? They, yeah. they're, they're very diligent on keeping it clean, probably back up everything, you know, once a year and reformat and, uh, and write everything back onto the computer. But you don't have to do that. Yeah. It, well, there, there, there's another way. It's just, here's the thing. You know, I got a big argument with someone uh, this weekend about, about Macs. And that's the thing. I'll, I'll, argue, I'll argue with someone about it. And uh, I finally likened it to cars. I said, you know what? I said, there are people who buy cars, you know, older cars and, and these like, uh, you know, muscle cars and stuff. And even you know, like the Hondas and stuff like that, like my Honda Fit or Honda Civic or whatever. And they just tweak it. They tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. They put little mod chips in it. They, they try to get, you know, extra horsepower out of it. They try to adjust the gear ratios. And they're always kind of messing around with their car, right? Yep. Then there's people who just buy like a BMW or a Lexus or, or you know, a whatever. That's their car. They drive it. It works for them. You know, they paid a premium for it. They never have a problem with it. It just works. And I'm kind of that way with computers. You know, my days of, of screwing around trying to squeeze as much performance out of my computer is over. I am done with that. I, I don't want, I don't go to Tom's hardware and read about the latest video cards or, you know, what RAM with some kind of heat dissipation thing is going to be the best thing. I just want to buy a computer so I can get my work done. Exactly. I buy a computer so I can do things on it, not so I can mess with it. Exactly. You and know, that's why I, come back. I had another client this week. And uh, he basically um, just told me, he says, Cliff, I, I want to start doing some of these video tutorials kind of like you do. Uh, you know, what software, you know, can I use to do that? And I said, well, do you have a Mac or a PC? And he says, PC. And I'm like, oh, uh, well, I'll tell you what, let me tell you what I use. And then I'll tell you what you could use. And so I told him, told him about ScreenFlow and I told him it's a $99 piece of software and it's out of this world and, and it, it's worth buying a Mac for and then he says, well, I just bought the top of the line, you know, PC and just had it built. And by the way, um, it uh, it basically, he says it, I, it's got 12 gigs of RAM. It's got such and such of this. And I just put $6,000 into this machine so I could do all this video work. And I'm like, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, because, and then I sit there and I said, so for you, what you could do is you could use Camtasia. And he goes, yeah, it's four hundred dollars. Right, like exactly. He's like, yeah. yeah. So it's it's, it's it's like, oh yeah, I've looked into that solution. It's about four hundred dollars. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. It's four hundred dollars, and it's nowhere near as good as ScreenFlow. I said, and of course we're on Go Meeting, right? So actually, I said that I said, watch this, and he's you know watching my ScreenFlow or uh, watching Go Meeting, and so I hit record on ScreenFlow, and I do a sample like you know a three minute video production. And I, I just basically I'm doing some stuff on the screen and, and, and pointing over here and using my mouse cursor to highlight over a certain area. And and then I, I stop the recording and I, I show him how I do the post-production of zooming in and panning and, and all this stuff. And then I, I take that file, I export it out and I email it over to him. And I said, watch that. He goes, and how much is a Mac? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like, I'm sold. And I said, there is, I said, here's the crazy thing. Uh, for the $6,000 you spent on that other system, you could buy three of what I have on my desk, which is a 27-inch iMac with a three-year warranty from Apple. Yeah. 
with you know four gigs of RAM and a terabyte hard drive. Three of those you could have purchased. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're max knobs. Yeah, you know what? And here's the thing. I mean, you could build, you know, you, you got that 27 inch. It's got what? The uh, i, do you have the i, i3 or i5 or do you have the core? No, I, I have the one that was before the newest one. Okay. Well, you can get the one with like the i5 processor and this and that and the other. You could probably build a PC for, you know, two thirds of the amount that you'd buy on a Mac. Mm-hmm. But it's once again, you, you can, you can build a, a car. Uh-uh, you know, you, but, but, but wait a second. But you know what I'm saying? How, I mean, how you, much, you how much, but wait. How much money would you have to spend on the PC side, Chris, mm-hmm. to be able to use ScreenFlow to do your video production the way that I showed him I did mine? How much money do you have to spend to put ScreenFlow on that PC? You can't. <gasps> what did you say? <laughs> you, you, I guess but I, Chris, I, I, guess. I, I'll, I have $10,000 I'll put towards the PC. Yeah, you can't. Unless you hack it. $12,000. I will put $14,000 into the PC. Can I then run ScreenFlow? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Let's move forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man. ScreenFlow, 99 bucks. It has paid for itself uh, 20-fold. ScreenFlow, ha- well, I won't say the doubt. Well, yeah, I will. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. ScreenFlow earned me somewhere close to $10,000 within the first two months of this year. Yeah. And the investment, $99. Now, now, uh, full disclosure, I've kind of moved away from ScreenFlow some. I know you uh, have. You're using that uh, Adobe Premiere stuff. Yeah, I use After Effects now. But but That's cool. To do some of the things that you can do in ScreenFlow, like uh, some of the simple motions and stuff like that, takes seconds in ScreenFlow, takes an hour in After Effects. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, for for it, it depends on you know what I have to do total. There's sometimes where I use some things in ScreenFlow and then bring them in After Effects, but you know I I don't use it as much. But if I have to capture a screen a screenshot, you mm-hmm. know, live screens, yeah, I'm doing everything in ScreenFlow, everything, done. All right, so we've established we're Mac snobs, and everybody listening, go get a Mac. And we love Telestream. And we love Telestream. Oh, uh, which yeah. I cannot imagine why they are not sponsoring me. Of course, wait a second. Full, I know. Full, 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 I, dis- full disclosure, I am the voice of ScreenFlow. Are you? Re- yeah. Well, I know that you are. But I'm just, but but still, um, you know, Your listeners I, might not know I, that. Though. Well, okay. Well, hey, Chris, Chris does all the videos or did all the videos for their new ScreenFlow. I can, I can, I can, I can put you in touch with somebody at ScreenFlow. Well, yeah, do that. Let's let's talk to them because obviously, and have them listen to what have tell them they need to listen to the first eleven minutes of this podcast. And tell them to please uh, talk to Cliff because I'd, I'd like. I mean, I, this is not the first time I've won on a diatribe for for ScreenFlow. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I'll, right. I'll talk to Lynn. Very good. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Cliff. That was so. Thanks for our show today. Uh, no, All right. No, seriously though, I have. I want to talk about the glyph. Um, and you've got some news stories. And so, where do you want to? Where do you want to go next? Let's talk about the MacBook Air. All right. Tell us about the MacBook Air, which is the, the little, vanishing into the thin air, I think. Here's the thing about the MacBook Air. I'm pulling up store.apple.com because um, <clears throat> if, if you look at the MacBook Air specs right now, it's $1,499 for this computer. It's got a... <clears throat> the 1499, uh, $1,499 one is a Core 2 Duo uh, with a 1.86 gigahertz, 2 gigs of memory, and a 120 gig hard drive. I can't recommend this machine. <laughs> It's it, it's been a while without an update, and uh, rumor is that they're being sold out everywhere, and that retailers are 
have been told by Apple to pull the uh, MacBook Air SuperDrive. So I'm thinking that uh, an update is coming out next week. An update to the MacBook Air? I mean, why? I mean, it, I mean, seriously, what? I hate the MacBook Air. The MacBook Air is like the ugly stepchild of Apple. I mean, it is really the big. It is the. I I just despise that system. It's the Paris Hilton of laptops. It's yeah. pretty. Look, it's pretty from a hardware from oh, like who cares from how a visual. Good it looks. It, that's I mean, exactly it. it. It's. It doesn't matter. I mean, the the thing is, I mean, it is a. It's an oversized, overzealous iPad. Yeah, it's an iPad with a keyboard. It's an iPad with a keyboard and a trackpad. Yeah, when I worked at uh, the ad agency uh, earlier this year, uh, there was a guy that had a MacBook Air, and he hated it. He's like, I, I want to get something better. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, the, now, you know, in the MacBook Air's defense, he was he wrote a lot. You know, he did, he did all the copywriting and stuff. So really, all he needed was the web browser and, um, and uh, you know, the, uh, you know, iWork or whatever, Google Docs or whatever. But you know, his hard drive size was the big thing, and you can't. It, it, was use, it uses the same kind of hard drives that are in the uh, the iPod Classic, little two point one point five inch or whatever hard drives. You just can't go out and buy one, right? And that was his big problem. It's just it, the, the storage is no good on it. The RAM you can't upgrade the RAM on it. It's just maybe maybe they'll make the new MacBook Air like fully upgradable stuff. That'd be sweet. But then I don't know. Just go buy a MacBook Pro. That that's what I'm saying. Get if you're gonna get a MacBook, get a MacBook Pro. That 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 I mean. Don't, I have don't. the 13 inch MacBook Pro in it. It's perfect. You know, I it, I can do all my cool After Effects stuff on it. I got four gigs of RAM on it. I could put eight in it if I want to, but eight gigs of RAM is still expensive. And uh, I put a 500 gig hard drive in it. It's awesome. Got it. Alrighty. So Google Goggles image recognition debuts on the iPhone. Tell us about this. Yeah, Google Goggles, which is a separate app on uh, Android, but now it's built into the Google app for iPhone. So if you've got the Google app and it recently asked you to update, you got Google Goggles. Just <clears throat> kind of tough to say. Uh, what Google Goggles does, it's a visual recognition to search for information with your iPhone's camera. You can translate text from other languages into English on demand. The service works uh, on copies, logos, book covers, landmarks, wine labels, and other recognized images so let's say you're out to dinner with someone right yeah and you get you know a, a a drink you know wine you get the bottle at the table or or, or uh, you know beer you get a, a label you actually just hold up your your camera to that take a picture of it and it, google will go out and search things for it or so if you see so you don't have to launch an application it actually does it all for you right or if you uh you know if you see some text on a wall that's written in some weird language you can take a picture of it and it'll translate it to english for you is this what those little things like I, I walked by a Best Buy and it says take a picture of this little, you know, coded thing. And is that what pulls up that information? Uh, you know what? I don't know if Google Goggles does. Um, I'm checking out right now. Google Goggles. Those are called QR codes. OK. And let's see if Google Goggles does QR codes. It looks like it does. So, so basically, I have to unjailbreak my phone, upgrade to the most recent version to get HDR, to get Game Center, and, and to get um, this Google Goggles. And what else is there now? Anything huh? Um, hmm. Not yet. I don't know. Pretty soon, software is going to require 4.1. Yeah, I see. I'm, I'm still at 4. 
rumor is that the jailbreaks are the the the, the jailbreaks are, are imminent. So yeah. Well, hey, I'm, I, I'm pulling up Google Goggles right now. Now I got a QR code on my computer to see if it'll pull up. Anything. Cool. So, and the question I have then is this: so this Google Goggles, it's built into the iPhone operating system. It, it's you don't have to install an app. It's just built in. No, it's the, no, it's, a, it's an app. I'm sorry. So oh. yeah, you probably could just download the app. Yeah, the Google the Google app. Okay. Uh, you know what? Because I, I was about to say, because my next thing was, I don't know if I like that idea to know that I'm taking a picture and it's automatically sending data out over the internet about that picture to Google. I, yeah, I, I really didn't like that. But I mean, now if it's an application and and stuff, then yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with that because then I can selectively take a photo send, and say, hey, Google, check out this photo and tell me about it. Dude, I just took a picture of my business card because... I don't know. I have a QR code on it. Well, it looks at the, I, it, there, there was a piece of it, of it that said editing and motion design, and it had the QR code, right? Yeah. Took a picture of it. It, it, whoops. It looks at it. At the first thing, it draws a box around the QR code, and it says HTTP colon slash slash biting dot org barcode at the bottom. Uh-huh. Below that, in green, it, it outlines the the text that it saw, and it says Mo editing dash motion design text, and then it. Uh, there's something called the General Dental Council that said there's a similar image to my business card. So that's pretty cool, man. That you is, these, it doesn't go to the site, but it tells you what the barcode says. I'm, I'm doing it again with my card to see what else it does here. Awesome. Yeah, this is very, very cool. Right. I, I am I'm a fan. And that is a go- that's the Google Goggles iPhone application. Yeah, when you when you launch Google Goggles, because I couldn't find I couldn't find it at first. When you launch Google Apps. Uh, the 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 app website or the app Google store? app for iPhone. Thank you. Sorry. Um, when it comes up, you'll see you know it has a little search box and and all that kind of stuff. There's a little camera icon, and, and you click on the camera icon, it brings up the camera. You hit a button, and it uh, it does its thing. Man, I'm taking a picture of Cliff's f- face on Skype and see if it recognizes that right. as a po- podcast or so anything. I see photo goggles. I don't. I do not see Google goggles in here. Oh, don't look up Google Goggles on on the App Store. Just look up the Google app for iPhone. Oh, oh, oh! It's built I into have their app. that. Okay, so I have that. Yeah, it, just update it if you haven't already. No, I, I, it's, it's been I, I update all the time. So on the on the iPhone, so, so I have to find that Google app on here. Okay, all right. So I already have this thing, and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Gotcha. Ah, so cool, man! It's just because I love these these QR code things are really really neat, and it, like I said, it's kind of translates the qr code for you that's you know awesome. what i must did i get rid of it's google mobile right oh it's the blue yeah i, uh, I must have deleted G- you know what i must have deleted that app because um i never used it uh, see i use it now with, now that i've got the great unification process of biting.org uh i all my stuff works with it now so cool well i am reinstalling it now uh as we speak so google mobile app you're coming back to my phone Yay. All righty. So let me tell you about the Glyph. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the Glyph. The Glyph, G-L-I-F, by the way, is uh, something that I saw bouncing around Twitter yesterday. And it is this um, really amazing uh, story about these two guys who uh, are totally into photography. You know, you've got this HDR photo thing now. But man, if, if you move around, it, you know, it's... It, it's not going to be as good as, as if it was stationary on a tripod, right? 
Mm-hmm. And there is no, you know, tripod mount for the iPhone. Well, the Glyph solves that issue. And it's creating uh, for the iPhone 4 a custom-made tripod mount um, that basically it's made for a naked iPhone, but you put you you push it into this this little glyph thing that goes around one corner of the thing. It doesn't block anything at all on the phone, and then it has the tripod mount, so you can actually mount your iPhone onto a tripod. Now I've been recording a lot of videos in the studio, and I've been using a mic clamp, okay, to, to hold my iPhone, and I don't like that. Uh, so um, I decided I want one of these these glyphs. And it, it looks pretty cool. Now, they basically decided... They're not out yet, right? They're not out yet. Um, they they decided to use this service called Kickstarter. You've heard of Kickstarter, right? I have heard of Kickstarter. So basically, they had this idea, and they have a prototype, and they, they show a video of it, and they talk about it and everything. And uh, they said, hey, you know, if we get um, $10,000, uh, you know, pledged to, to create this project, we'll do it. Well, $67,000 later, they still have 27 days before the end of their quote-unquote funding drive. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be manufacturing this thing. And they uh, sent an email to me last night saying, thanks for your order, or your technically your pre-order. Uh, we, don't get our, we can't receive our money until the date that we set for funding to end. So in 26 days, they will get their money uh, that everybody pledged. And uh, once they get that money, they're going to go into manufacturing and they hope to have it to me by christmas of this year so now they were they, they were looking to only raise 10 grand right yeah and they raised sixty-seven thousand as of yesterday morning so, <laughs> so now they now they they, they they built a couple of them on these rapid prototype machines which are basically like 3d printers that print in like an epoxy yeah which is awesome and i guess uh, on kickstarter they've got different tiers uh, you can pledge just like five bucks to just kind of help the cause. Twenty dollars will actually pre-order you one. You know when they're when they're starting to be made with injection molding. I think if it's if you pledge fifty bucks, you get one. But then they also make you one from the rapid prototype machine, yes. right? Yes. Okay. That, yep. That's that's cool. And then uh, I guess if you pledge two hundred fifty bucks, you get everything from above. Plus they take you out to dinner if you're living in the New York area. Exactly. <laughs> or they'll or they'll do a FaceTime call with you if you're not. Kickstarter is a cool, cool idea, man. There, there, there was a, the Desperia, that open source alternative to Facebook that they're still being that's they're still working on. Those guys got like two hundred grand. Yeah. So maybe I should set up Kickstart for just just for the heck of it for me. I you know there there are a couple projects that I think that I could do that that would be worth it. You know the the whole idea. Uh, with Kickstarter is is that you know you throw out an idea and you don't you you say you know what this is my idea and if I get you know what if I'm gonna set a dollar amount and if I raise this much money then I will work on this project and mm-hmm. and, and I'll make it a reality and what you do is is if you believe in it you go to the site you enter in your credit card information and basically your credit card will never be charged unless that dollar amount has been reached. Gotcha. So, That's pretty cool, man. So let's just say I have, you know, let's just say I've got my my massive podcastanswerman.com audience, right? Okay. And I say, you know what? I am going to create the end-all, be-all, you know, it's it's going to be a, a six-hour gigantic video. to, to Or no, no, I'll tell you what. How about this? I'll tell you what. In I'm going to create a personal two day or two and a half day weekend event about podcasting, 
And okay. and what we're going to do, and, and let's just say I say, you know, if you come to this event, uh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you are going to uh, receive your your website's going to be created for you, um, and we're gonna get, your equipment will be here and set up, and uh, you, or we're gonna have equipment here set up and train you how to use it all. Which, by the way, um, you'll have diagrams and and you'll see how it's all set up. And you know, after the event, when you get home, the equipment will be home waiting for you. Um, and all this other stuff, and I'm going to spend two and a half days of training you in groups and 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 everything you need to know, so that after one weekend you'll be able to go home and you'll be podcasting like people, uh, you know, with that, you know, just things that they never dreamed possible immediately that weekend. But here's what it's going to cost: it's going to cost X number of dollars. Let's just say it's um, you know, you know, twenty two thousand dollars per person, twenty five hundred dollars per person. But the thing is, is I can't do this unless I get 30 people, you know, and so whatever that dollar amount is. And then I, I do that. And it's like, dude, you guys sign up and and, uh, you know, here's the proposed date, you know, and here's the deadline for the funding. If I, you know, if I get funded, you know, completely 30 people sign up by uh, December 1st, uh, then, you know, February 15th, this is when we're going to do it, whatever. It, it, those kind of ideas. Yeah, I've my Anything. buddy and I. We, we've got an idea for an, for an app, and uh, I, I don't want to talk about it yet because uh, I don't want anybody to steal it. I mean, it's a really really good idea, um, and uh, you know we're, we've been kind of working on it. And you know we've already got the website and the name and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we may have to once we reach a point, you know, that we need to like dedicate a lot of time to this. We may we may put it on Kickstarter to just kind of see if anybody would be interested in helping us fund it, and then. The problem, the problem is, is you really have to be able to give a complete workup of exactly what your idea is and, and what people are funding. Oh, we we've got almost all that. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but then, then you got the issue of putting it out on Kickstarter and telling everybody, and then you've got some kid in, you know, the sophomore in college, and he's built that program for you, you know, with you know, 60 hours of nonstop work because that's he, true. he doesn't need to sleep and eat <laughs> or, or worry about mortgage or anything. That's true. Exactly. So you maybe gotta, I won't say anything then. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you know, but then again, at the same time, you know, Dan Miller, a good friend of mine and uh, business coach says, you know, an idea, you know, ideas, share your ideas. I mean, the thing well, is somebody a, has to ex- execute on it. Nobody's going to care about it as much as you do, but there's an incubator in town that just launched not too long ago called the Brandery that actually I'm, I'm friends with one of the co-owners. So uh, they give $20,000 of seed money to, to startups, you know, every 12 weeks or so. So we're kind of thinking that might be the way to go too. Nice. Yeah. All righty. Uh, Fox, Foxy Dot wrote in. Remember last week we were talking about pages? And how much you hated it. Exactly. And the fact that uh, somebody sent me a document with pages and I couldn't open it because it said I needed something newer they use the fancy new table or something anyway uh foxy dot uh that's at least what she goes by uh sent in a comment on the website last week which you guys can do on the show notes for the help i got a mac it says there is a she said there's a sneaky or snaky workaround for the pages problem right click or command click if you're old school on the document and select view package contents inside the package you will find a pdf or a series of pdf docs you can open these in Adobe Reader as usual. Copy, paste, pr- or print the text. It's not perfect, but it's a workaround I use often. I'm an open Office user and have no intention of paying for a platform-specific editing app. 
Now, I want to let you know that I tried right-clicking and viewing package content, but there is no view package content on a pages file. There's not? Not on the ones that I saw. In fact, I couldn't find view. For some reason, I'm not being, I'm not able to find view package content on anything. Ooh, yeah, you're right. I just right-clicked on a pages one, and maybe, maybe they changed that. I don't know. Yeah. So, however, check this out. You've I'm got checking a, it out. You've got a pages document right there, right? I do. So he, I, I figure she says, wait, there's built-in uh, PDFs. So do me a favor, Chris. Okay. Here's what you do. Okay. Change the extension to .pdf. So go instead of page, .pages, change it to .pdf. Okay. And then double-click that thing and see if it doesn't open it as a PDF file in <gasps> preview. No way. How cool <laughs> is that? That is a cool little hack, man. I love it. Yeah. It looks like you can copy and paste everything out of it. You, I, that's exactly what I. That's exactly what I found. So, Foxy is, dot, you led me to the revelation of the fact that there are PDFs built into this thing, and so I just open it as a PDF, and it seems to call out those PDF documents that are still inside of there. It'd be crazy if you could take a PDF and turn it into a Pages document. Ooh, I wonder. Interesting. I don't know. Me to download a PDF from somewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll work backwards. I think that I think it's because the that actual file contains PDFs inside of it. Let's find out. Let's find but uh, that's that was pretty cool. Uh, because what remember last week I talked about my workaround was to actually open it up with you know the just the file preview, mm-hmm. uh, and and of course you can't copy and paste out of that. So I did then I did a screen capture and then I printed it. Uh, but this, but this workaround, changing it to a PDF document, actually allows you to copy and paste out of it. All right, I got one now. I'm going to turn it in. Uh, let's see if I'll turn it into pages. It probably will like blow my computer up or something. <laughs> It'd probably say this is not the it right format. All right. All right. Double clicked it, and it's launching Pages. Yeah. Let's see. Nope. Yeah. Document does not have a valid format. Yeah, oh, well. I didn't think so. All right, so we have two voicemails, and then we're going to wrap up for the day, unless you have some other stories. No, let's do it. All right, so here's Scott, who's having some iPhone 4 issues. Hey, Cliff, this is Scott Herzog from the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I am actually calling because I, this is for help I got a Mac, by the way. I'm calling because of an issue I have with my iPhone 4. Now, let me tell you, I love my iPhone 4. It is probably the best thing since sliced bread. However... Whenever my wife calls me on the phone and I try to pick up, I will slide my finger across the slider to, you know, unlock the phone so I can answer it. And I will slide it again, slide it again, and it will not pick up. In fact, sometimes it misses the call and I have to call her back in order for it to pick up. I was wondering if you heard of anyone else having that problem or if it's unique to my phone. Um, I am going to make an appointment with the Apple Genius Bar, but I thought I'd check with you guys first to see if you had any ideas about what was going on with my iPhone. Thanks a lot, guys. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. All right, Scott. Thanks for the call. And um, first and foremost, what are you doing making phone calls with an iPhone? <laughs> I make phone calls with my iPhone all the time, fool. <laughs> it's so I, funny. I never make calls with my I phone. I don't know, man. My mom has a weird issue with the phone. Like, she can't, like, she tries to, like, touch things on the iPhone and it just doesn't register for her. I, I think it's because her skin's dry. I don't know. It's kind of gross. To say I think that. if you actually stick your finger in your ear and get some wax on it, Ew. Now, see, that's extra gross. I don't know, kidding. man. It does. You know, I get, I do get the. I have that every now and then. I get a weird thing every once in a while on my phone. Like, I'll, I'll go to use the on screen keyboard and it's completely wrong. Like, I'll like go to type out a P and it hits, you know, like the Y key. 
Really? And I'm way over on the edge. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. And I, I, I'm not, I haven't taken it back to the Apple store yet. Yeah. What well, I like they, to do, I like to get a list of weird things that happen and then take my phone in and then they replace it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, Scott, I, it, it's not typical. Uh, and if it's happening, happening, you know, frequently, like, I don't know, if it's happening more than one every one out of every 10 to 15 calls, then I would I would certainly take it in and, and, and see if they can't do something to just swipe that phone out and and she can restore from a backup. Make sure that she backs it up before she goes in, though. Um, but yeah, that's happened to me on several occasions. And, and I find that, you know, if, if it's ever happened to me, I just do a, you know, hold down the home key and the top key until the phone completely reboots itself. And, uh, you know, I, I have somebody call me just to test it and, and boom, it, it's working. No problem at all. Um, I, I don't know, but yeah, I've certainly seen that happen. Uh, I don't know if I've actually seen it happen on my iPhone four. Definitely saw it happen a lot on my iPhone three G. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't get very many calls. Well, I get a lot of calls. I just answer them in the studio because yeah, uh, I give I everybody see. my Google Voice and it rings both phones. Mm-hmm. So as soon as my as soon as my iPhone starts ringing, I just pick up the studio line. And yeah, I don't have a, a home phone. So yeah, that would be, that's why you use it. Yeah, I have a DSL connection, but no phone. Nice. Uh, I won't even go. Yeah, we'll save that story for another day. I had the the, <laughs> the cable guy tried to come and and sell me cable. I'm like, seriously, come on. Anyway, um, let's take a call from Wayne. Wayne, I, by the way, Wayne called this in for Business Tech Weekly, but this is so totally a help. I got a Mac question, so here you go, Wayne. Take it away. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Andy. This is Wayne Henderson from Southern California calling in for the Business Tech Weekly podcast. I need your help, guys. Um, Andy, I know you're kind of a Google Mail master. I, I bought your Google Mail um, uh, training video when it was for sale, and I haven't had a chance to implement it because check this. Here's my problem. I've got hmm, probably about 1,100 calendar items in my iPhone. Now, they're not. almost none of them are appointments. It's just where I started logging my things to do eventually or sometime to do. Anyway, I have 1,100, and I can't get them off my iPhone. Up until a month ago, everything was syncing fine with my iMac by using uh, the iTunes sync. It would then make a copy and back up to my iCal. But about a month ago, that stopped happening. So then I switched to, I activated my mobile me backup. And it does back up the stuff from my phone to my mobile me calendar, but I can't get it out of there anywhere. There doesn't seem to be a way to back up other than using iCal. And my iCal on my iMac also is no longer syncing to my mobile me. So basically, I'm in big trouble there. I know that part of it sounds like a help I got a Mac problem. Might want to play this calling both shows. Who knows? Hi, Chris. Um, but basically, <laughs> is there any other way to get these 1,100 and something items off of my iPhone's calendar program into like Google Calendar or even some other um, app getting things done app or something without needing to get them onto my computer first because that doesn't seem to want to happen. I want to get them, I guess, directly from my iPhone into Google Calendar or somewhere. Help. Um, I know you can uh, hear the frustration in my voice, but I know you guys are the experts. Um, (laughs) Thanks for your help. I'm going to let you get back to the Business Tech Weekly podcast. Thanks, guys. Love it. 
Bye. All right. So this is totally a help. I got a Mac question. This is this is not for Business Tech Weekly. Mm. Uh, mm. So so here's the, here's the deal. Um, I think that before you think about any other apps or anything like that, there's some kind of breakdown that's happening between your 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 compute your Mac computer and syncing via the count cal- to the calendar, and that's where you need to solve the issue. Right. Because what I would do is once you have that on the computer, back it up. You know make a, an iCal backup and then start syncing everything with Google. I, I would recommend to just go ahead and start, but I think when you when you turn on the Google sync it, and then set up your thing as an exchange, I think it erases everything. It does. That's exactly okay. what I was going to say is definitely don't, do not start the Google calendar slash uh, iCal um, sync on your iPhone. Um, what, what is that? The, via the exchange ser- server? Right, yeah, yeah it acts you, like an exchange. Yeah, server. if you if you do that that exchange server kind of deal with Google Calendar, it will wipe out all of your data that's on your existing calendar in your phone and it hmm. will it'll, But I'm looking to see if there's some kind of limitation like, you know, he's got too many items in there and I don't see any kind of issue with that. I, yeah, I can't I imagine there would be a limit. But uh by the way, 1100 calendar items? It's a lot. Wow. Um, but anyway, um, I, you know, th- I'm thinking, is that maybe, is there like a PS, what do they call those, those, uh, 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 what those one files, um, set the key, your settings files, P list, P lists. Is there a P list or something that's maybe corrupted? It would, oh. would doing check file permissions would that clear anything up? I mean, I don't know anything about this stuff, Chris. I'm I'm checking. I'm doing some searching real quick. Right. Calendar iPhone sync iCal. Yeah, but uh, th- that that's definitely where you need to um, go first. And and one thing I will say, and and you haven't heard us say this actually very much, but uh, this may be one where I mean, this is this is a this is a function, a, a built-in function of the phone that should work, and um, I, I would say that if you call it Apple Care, they should be able to give, provide you some technical support with this one. Yeah, I'm looking to see here too. Um, let's see. You can uh, go into Applications iSync and reset sync history. That might do it. Okay. Um, where is that at? Go into where? Applications. Okay, so you go to the applications folder. Uh huh. Then go to iSync. All right. So hold on. I'm going. I'm going in here. See if I can duplicate this. All right. And so then there's uh something called iSync in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. iSync. iSync. Oh, there it is. iSync app. Yeah. All right. And you can reset the sync services. Okay. So then, so basically, it just pulls up like this little box, and it's got sync devices. But at the top, you can do iSync and then preferences. And Here, I've got I've got a I've got a um, a, a technical doc to okay. look at for for send, send this to Wayne. That'll from what I'm reading that'll that'll that might fix it. So all right, so there's a, a bunch of stuff you have to go into terminal and reset some stuff. So you're right, Cliff. It, it was it, it's part of the whole the 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 whole preferences thing, the whole the whole P list PL kind of stuff. So yeah. good job. See, I you know I, I'm getting I'm getting good at this stuff. All right, yeah. so so you can forward that to him. That would be fantastic. Yeah, Wayne, I am sending you an email right now. Check this out. So I'm gonna go Wayne, and here you go. And I'm hitting paste, and I'm hitting send. So there you go. 
And uh, by the way, anyway, it's tech support document number 1627 for anybody else out there that uh, wants Savings. to know. Yeah. And, uh, and Wayne, if that works, let us know. So there you go. Yeah, we let can us gloat know. on how smart we are. Exactly. We would love that. So my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this week's Help I Got a Mac podcast. We hope that you enjoyed listening to our our rants, our raves about how great Apple is, how horrible they are, the greatest in software, the not so great in software, all this fun stuff. We love doing this. And of course, we want to say thank you to Scott and Wayne who sent in some voice feedback. You can do that too, my friends. You can give us a call. 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And if you have an iPhone, you can actually hit record on your voice memo app. And then you can actually send that as an attachment via email. There's a little thing in there that says send via email. That's feedback at gspn.tv. Chris, anything else you wanted to share, my friend? Where can they find you online? Biting.org, twitter.com slash biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G. And uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 just came out for the iPhone today. Sonic the Hedgehog 4 just came out today, huh? <clears throat> yeah. Or uh, the iPhone. $10. I don't know if I'm going to get it. That's kind of a, it's kind of a meaty app. Oh, dude. Um, everybody, go and download this app. I want to see. Have you heard about this this one app here? Yahoo Fantasy Football 2010? No. Uh, Tango. Have you heard about it? No. All right. I have not. Tango is supposedly um, FaceTime over 3G. Oh, yeah. I saw something about that on... Uh, but it's not FaceTime. I mean, it's it's it, it's basically video conferencing. Oh, okay. So, uh, anyway, g- folks, go and... Uh, go and... And, and download Tango for your iPhone. Uh, and matter of fact, I, it may work on other phones. But of course, I don't understand what the point is without a front-facing camera. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, oh, check it out. Uh, Tango. I got a cool, cool little app, to, cool little game. I've never played anything like it before. It's 99 cents. It's called UFO on Tape. And uh, basically, you you move your. You, it looks like you're looking through your camera, but you're not. It's a it's fake. Uh, but you have this girlfriend, and you're in a car. And she's like, oh, UFO. And you've got to keep your, your camera on the UFO as it's flying around. And you got to move. It really uses the whole gyroscope and everything. Really, really neat game. Um, you know, fun to just kind of pick up and see how long you can hold it for. I think my record's a minute 40. And uh, 99 cents. Very, very cool. Very innovative. So check it out. UFO on tape. UFO on tape. Got it. All right, my friends, that's going to do it. Until next time, we encourage you to become... Well, actually, wait a second. This is a plus member-only episode. So thanks for joining the community. We'll talk to you next week. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Bye. Bye.